Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Ahmed, make me host. We're going to get Jimmy Toscano in here. Then Bobby and Joe Sway are going to jump in as well. We just wrapped up our final regular season postgame show. I guess the only question is whether we consider um what they're about to do a continuation of the regular season or the playoffs are they even in the playoffs i have no idea jimmy is this the playoffs this is not the playoffs no i'm not going to give them that satisfaction yet i i I agree uh this is not the playoffs uh jimmy why don't you tweet this out to your people uh and i will do um the same and uh i'm gonna invite let me do the old invite followers here check and all followers all followers, yep. We don't discriminate. Right. Every single one gets an invite. Everybody come and hang out. Everybody Wang Chung. We're all vaccinated and we're ready to party. Um, Celtics, vaxed and waxed. Vaxed and waxed. Vaxed and relaxing, buddy. Uh, we're here <laughs> <laughs> and we're ready to do the thing. We're ready to do playoffs. Um, Play in. Yeah, most of you guys, um, you know the rules. Um, uh, if you request to speak, just hang a second until we unmute you. Uh, just mute yourself when you get on the stage. We will unmute you, and then we want to hear what you have to say. Um, you can request to speak more than once. We do want to keep it moving, so we'll probably get your comment in and just kind of cycle through a bunch of people. Jimmy, anything to start us off with, or should we get right to the people? Um, um, just doing my tweet right now. Uh, anything to start us off? No, I mean, I, I think I speak for everybody where I don't want to use this show to rehash what I would say was a pretty disappointing and miserable season. I'd rather look ahead to this playoff uh, play-in game and kind of focus on, you know, the matchup a little bit and what our, what our uh, feelings are heading into it, if we should be, um, you know, feeling good about it. I'm, I'm not super – I'm not super confident in it. That doesn't mean I think they're going to lose, but I certainly don't share, like, Bobby's, you know, like, he thinks it's a shoe-in that the Celtics are going to win this game. I don't necessarily feel that way. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bobby still got him in the conference finals, I think. Um, guys, we're, <laughs> yeah. guys, we're, guys, we're, I, I, I love you all dearly. I really do. We're over our first two with people I put on the stage with muting. So just make sure you mute. I promise we will get to you uh, as, as soon as we get a chance. Uh, T, T, what's up, man? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? How are Sub-T? you, sir? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm a, I'm a long-time Celtic fan since uh, Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker. I ain't that Love old, it. but Love it. Yeah, I, I am that old, So, but that's okay. Nope. <laughs> I'm around the same time as you, man. That's when I came on as a fan. I, I like what y'all are doing, man. Keep all the great work, man. I follow oh, y'all on, on y'all on YouTube. Uh, Appreciate it. Watch, yeah. I really don't pay Wait. attention to where are you from, T? Or where are you living? I stay in Tampa, Florida. I'm a football. I'm a football coach down here in Tampa, Florida. I'm also a teacher. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, T. T. What do you got to say about the game, the season, the playoffs, or anything? Oh yeah, I got, I got, I got a few things to say. Like I'm, I'm more of a patient fan. You know, like I don't, I don't get frustrated when the young players make a lot of mistakes. I don't. 
Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't overreact on Twitter. Like I'm, I'm more of an even kill guy, you know, because I understand that how hard it is when it comes to playing a sport or whatever. So, but when it comes to the, uh, to the playoffs, I think they can beat the Wizards, you know. But I mean, I give them maybe like one game against the Nets if they be healthy. Like they, they just can't stay healthy, and they don't, they don't play, they don't play hard like they used to in the past. I don't, I don't know why it's that, but. They just don't play it with the same effort and intensity on defense. So that that's that's what that's what been concerning me most of the year, really. Like, see, I don't I don't like that how they switch all the time. You know, like I feel like it's a easy way out when you're switching all the time. Like, just fight over the old pit sometime, man. Yeah, you give the other team what they want when you do that. You're you're playing right. in, you're playing into their hands, and when you're not doing it properly and when you're not doing it with the right effort, um, it burns them, and that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the season, man, as I, I just I was just very disappointed, you know, like the, the, that was one of the main reasons, you know, like I understand you're under man and COVID issues, but man, the guy just didn't play hard enough and then they, they get they get gains off, man, you know, like these guys get gains off. So if you get gains off and you come in with you acting like you don't care, I mean, that's a problem I have and then I just get tired of hearing about the trades, man, like Regardless, regardless of who we trade, like the other teams, like Brooklyn, they they always a step ahead, man. Like somebody, they'll get somebody connected, like they did Blake Griffin, like they wouldn't mm-hmm. have done with like Lamarck and Aldridge. Like you're not being these type of teams, man. You just gotta sometimes you just gotta stay patient, man. Because like I, I'm seeing people talking about Cat, like well, Carl Anthony Towns, and man, like mm-hmm. that guy is not gonna help them win. A, he's not gonna help them win a championship. Like he can't even lead his team, man. So yeah. T, I don't disagree, and I would say, well, I mean, to be fair, I, I, I'm going to say Evan Fournier is a better addition for the Celtics than anything any of the top contenders made to their teams at the at the deadline or in the buyout market. Um, for what it's worth, obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge retired. Bl- Blake Griffin's been fine. Andre Drummond's been fine. Um, but I, I, I have no problem with that uh, in terms of what the Celtics did to try to uh, there. But you, you're right. The, the, this team is going to get as far as um, – Tatum and Brown take them. Um, and so those guys are either going to turn into what people think they're going to be uh, or they don't. Um, and Or they'll be just good players but not kind of at that elite level or championship level, and then they'll, they'll be kind of stuck. But if these guys continue on their – this is the thing, Jimmy. We, we kill this team this year because the expectations are high because we've seen what they can do. But, mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, I don't understand why everyone's so impatient. I – and this whole, I know Bobby says this a ton, the window, like, oh, they got to do it this year. They got to get them this year. The window's right. closing. I totally don't get that. I think the window, the, again, these guys are not in their prime yet. I think two years from now, Tatum and Brown, theoretically, while they deserve blame and responsibility for not doing stuff now, two years from now, theoretically, they could be two of the top 10, 12, 15 players in the NBA and on their own with just a cast of whatever around them be able to lead this team to a conference finals without even trying. Like, it's possible, right? They could be that good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, it's, it's and possible. They're, and they're, they're, honestly, they're trending in that direction. That's the thing. Like, Brown... Individually, yeah, yeah. they definitely are. And you, I think a lot, of the players you look, a lot of the players you look at on this team around them won't necessarily be on this team when they do hit their peak or when they do get to that point where they're, you know, 26, 27, 28, and kind of like getting into the real prime, you might have a completely different 
cast of supporting characters on the squad. I mean, certainly the end of the bench and the end of the rotation, I wouldn't expect to see them around at that point. So I can totally see what you're saying there. I think that where people's disappointing people's disappointment lies is in maybe the way that the, I, I think some of the ways that the two stars quote unquote carried themselves this year. Um, you know, I don't think they really necessarily answered the bell on a lot of occasions. I think, their attitudes I think a lot of people kind of got turned off by their attitudes and I'm with T I I thought that this team just straight up didn't try hard this year and for whatever reason you know maybe they looked at the opponent and said well we're just not talented enough to beat them or maybe you know maybe they didn't look maybe that it was a self-confidence issue I don't know what it was but it felt like more often than not they were you know we all know how they started these games and we, we talked about the stat earlier they went down by over 20 points 20 times this season which is just you know unacceptable um, so I think that's where the disappointment lies. And I'm with T in the sense where why, I mean, this, 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 this specific team, I'm not saying it's in the individual players, but this specific team, it's in their DNA to not really fight as hard as you'd expect them to. So that's why I don't really expect them to do much in this playoff. And when it comes to the play in, when you're talking about a one game play in, I haven't seen anything this year that would give me confidence. It's like, Oh, when this, when this team's back is up against the wall, this is when they, you know, really show their true, really fight. And this is where they do their thing. Like I have no reason to believe that. So why am I confident in a one game plan? I'm not, I'm not in the least room here. Think about the plan. I'm just. John, you're dipping out. Uh, Any better now? Uh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't hear it. I don't think anyone heard what you were saying though. My bad. Um, I'm with you. I'm not confident in the plan at all, Jimmy. I'm just looking long term. You know, be, yeah, long term. Sure. After this year, you know, I I don't think we know. You know, uh, I, we have, really, they have one of the two youngest duos in the NBA. So I don't know how thing. you can. I don't know how you can be like disappointed. Yeah. In like the future, right? This is where the conversation kind of goes both ways on it. Everyone's like, "How are you going to blame the Jays?" And oh my God, the Jays are so good. Yes, right now, if you had a lottery ticket to bet on. You probably you could bet on these guys and feel pretty good because of their age, because they play the most important position in the game. But uh, right, but but you don't know what they're going to be yet. So it's, it's again the people who are like certain. Oh my God, you've got Jalen and Jason. What else could you need? Right. I don't know. May, that might be enough. It might not. I think it's not enough. Said, no, I don't think in it's two enough, years the but... story will be told, and right now we don't know the full story. That's that's kind of that's kind of my thought there. I think the, the, the where fans start to get a little nervous is like you, you do need players at different points in their careers. You need young guys around the stars. You need a couple of veterans around the stars. And when you look at this team, there's – I mean, I, I will say Neesmith sh- has shown a lot of promise recently and Pritchard looks like somebody that they can use moving forward. But aside from Kemba, you don't have those veterans. We'll see what happens with Fournier if he sticks around. And you still have a lot of question marks with your young guys. So – you can't find me a team in the NBA aside from maybe the Lakers with LeBron and AD that can just get by or get you know get to where they want to go with two real stars. And even the Lakers had really good veteran cast last yeah, year, and yeah. they have more this year. So there's yeah. definitely way more needed. But you can't find me a better yes. like young combination to build around right. right now in the NBA. So yeah, I mean, in that sense, the window is far from closing. The only concern, and John, you've said this, is if you suck for the next couple of years. There's no guaranteeing that Tatum and Brown are going to even yes. want to stick around for that age 27 season. The key is Tatum and Brown have to be the guys that draw people here. 
in two years instead of the guys that go join people in two years. That's your fear, okay? That's what it comes down to is it's got to be the right – you've got to have enough going for you where this is the spot. And, yes, it is easier for two to lure one versus the other way around, no doubt about it, you know? But could you see these guys going their separate ways? Yeah, that would be bad. So you don't want to see that. I'm still, you know, and everyone here is Tatum's going to L.A. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, you think Jalen loves Boston? I don't know. I, you're hoping they like being the key. You're hoping they like being Celtics and you're hoping they like playing with one another. Uh, and so when we have these right. conversations about them having uncomfortable conversations or meshing, that's the most important thing. If those two are like, we're a pair and we're, we're going together somewhere or people are coming here. That's a big deal. If they're kind of on their own, you, you could see Tatum kind of eye in LA. You could see Jalen saying like, I don't Definitely. know. I, I mean, think I, about the last Boston's not my type of, my kind of city. I don't want to be here. For, you know, if I don't right. have to be here, I'll be here. If it's a, if the, if the organization treats me right. And if I think there's a winner here, but yeah, they got to want to play with each other. That's super important. And a, and a one last little point before we, we, I'd like to get some other people yeah, on. But yeah, yeah. Yep. There's not there's not a lot of young NBA stars that have come up in Boston and stuck around. I can only think of Paul Pierce really over the last. I'm talking about over the last like 20 so years. I mean, don't forget like KG and Allen and all those guys. They came on way later on in their careers where they had their fun. They did their thing. I mean, even yep. Rondo has has you know moved on at, at around the prime of his career. Yep. Um, so there's not a lot of history of young players being drafted by the team and coming up and staying through like their entire run. So this would be, this would be a bit of an exception. Pierce is the only one that I can think of recently. So and Pierce almost Pierce wanted out, you know, exactly. I mean, look, look what it took to keep him. (laughs) Yeah. That 2008 team, again, Pierce was trying to get out of there before that. And doc was probably going to get whacked if not for that trade. So like so many things could have gone different with that. And, you know, we already had a caller on here earlier, T, the first, first, first guy to join us. That's a lot of people cut their teeth with that team and that era, you know, the early 2000 Celtics with the Pierce and whatever, you know, moving on into 2008, that could have gone totally differently. Uh, Sonny, right. what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Big fan. Uh, I wanted to say a couple of things. Like, uh, I honestly, maybe I'm a delusional Celtics fan. You There's know, a lot whatever, of them. But I don't think this season is a <laughs> – I don't think this season is that big of a deal. Number one, we were projected to be like what, like a fifth seed where a seventh by some, seed? That's not by that some. bad. We, okay, we, by some, ask, no, still, uh, we were still uh, by some by some in this room. Ask Bobby Manning oh, when he gets oh, here okay. where, where he had him. Yeah, so, Jimmy so and I, Jimmy and I were team. So that's so that's one. So number two, you have to think about the psychology of a young team that has achieved so much in the past, however long. So we've achieved what we got to three Eastern Conference Finals with uh with uh Jalen Brown, right? Now all of a sudden we're not doing well. Now all of a sudden we're in games where we're down by twenty and all and people are worried. They're like, "Yo, we can't. We we're 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 effing up. Basically, like this is messed up." And that's where the presence of like veteran players come in, where they're trying to pick you up and like, "Hey, man, we're not down out of this game yet. We're not done yet." But we don't have veterans like that. Kemba Walker didn't do anything in the on, on Charlotte for however many years. We don't have a veteran that is gonna like pick your head up. Like, remember Udonis Haslam for the for the um for the Heat? Excuse me. Where he, like he's basically like that dude that's like, yo guys, we need to. Did pick you it see up. him like, the other day? This game is he over. played his first. He played yeah, his first exactly. two minutes of the season. He got ejected. He got ejected. We don't have a guy like that. That's that's what I'm saying. We don't have a guy like that that's gonna really uh uh fix the team psychology and be like, like, yo guys. 
let's get it together. Exactly. And that's what we, I think that's what we need to do. Number one, number two, get rid of Grant. Yeah. <laughs> it all, it all starts there it is. with Grant Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your second point rings true. Yeah. Grant's not going to be that guy that, that, that the, that the Haslam figure, that's for sure. We know that. What if the whole but, season, what if Grant was to blame for the whole season? <laughs> like just, just his, like just his presence on the team was so yeah. off putting to everyone. You know, <laughs> fans and teammates alike that it literally sent them on a downward spot. I see someone saying Grant isn't that bad. I've seen him perform defensively well in about three games, maybe, and that's and that's like being generous. I I I'm not like okay, call me a Grant hater, but what I've seen from him is is beyond just like so, it's not even like how bad so, he is. it's the amount of minutes. Here's my here's my yeah, here's my that's... theory. Grant and Rob. Grant and Rob are like the bizarro versions of each other right. where Grant Rob Williams would do like 40 jaw dropping things in one game and everyone would be like did you see how late he was to switch on that screen and left the three point <laughs> shooter open that one time and and right, be like right. you you can't play him because of that and Grant Williams has one positive moment one moment not one good game he'll have Thank one you. positive moment in six or seven games and everyone's like his defense was really big in that stretch in the third. Yeah, when they cut the he hit that from, three. When they cut the yeah, lead from exactly. 20 to 12, and then he hit a three. Like, give me a break. Like, my it's amazing. Are, yeah. My friends are Knicks fans, and, and I'll tell them, like, yo, bro, you do not understand. I have to, I'm watching. <laughs> I'm, I'm physically watching what this man is doing, and you cannot tell me that he's, he's not bad. Like, I'm sorry. I, I hate to be, like, that dude, but, like, it's just not cutting it. I'm sorry. Well, there's yeah. – there's a there's a faction of basketball heads out there that want you to believe that they see the game better than you see the game so they'll pick right. a player they'll pick a player and they'll exactly. tell you why why he's way better than what you think and this is why I see the game better than you and like it's like get out of here dude like we're not idiots like we're watching the same damn game you are we don't need to break down the x's and o's after the fact to like see him like come around to pick and like hit a shot once every four or five games right. like, we get it that's exactly it. It's like somebody somewhere in my life who understands basketball taught me a thing or two, and now I believe I know basketball. <laughs> right, so right, I'm going right. to wave my limited basketball knowledge in your face to prove right. to you that I know a fraction more than you do about what happened on that one play to point out, <laughs> to point out why Grand Williams has value that you, you troglodytes just can't see. And I'm just give, <laughs> give me a freaking break with that. Yeah. That, that, it's, that is, that runs. It's not even rampant. Grant's fault. It's not, Grant's not asking for this. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> it's not, it's not his fault, but he played so many minutes. Absolutely. Not his fault, but he did play a ton of minutes. Yeah. Uh, like, so good. I'm setting up for yeah. failure. Grant's yeah. like, nah, I actually suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you asked Grant whether he should be playing, he'd be like, fuck no, man. I yeah, yeah, yeah. can't believe I'm getting a paycheck. He's like, wait, Brad, you sure? <laughs> Grant's eyes widen open every time he gets put into clutch situations. Like, it's down. We're down however much. Five minutes left in the fourth quarter. All right, Grant, get in. He's like, what? Uh, kills yeah. me. Kills me. No, I agree. I agree. Good good, good chatting with you, son. Yeah, thanks, thanks, man. Right. Thanks for, Take th- care, thanks guys. Thanks for watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it is funny. The the grand stuff. I have to say that's of our most uh, of of all of our recurring bits, Jimmy. The grand slander freaking uh, kills me. Like he could, he he might not play a minute in the game, and one of our first four comments will be, "Yeah, but Grant still sucks." <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Do you guys see Grant sitting on the bench? Ugh. 
Yeah, it's so friggin' funny. Let's bring in uh, Cornell. I haven't seen this name up on the stage before. Cornell, you there? Cornell. What's up? Cornell, we got you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how are you? What's up? First off, I want to say I I was watching y'all when y'all had like 1,000 subscribers. So, see y'all keep growing. Is that OG? Yeah, see y'all keep growing. It's it's funny. I be cursing y'all out. I ain't gonna lie. (laughs) (laughs) Join the crowd, man. Join the crowd. Y'all effing crazy. But yeah, most of our subscribers are hate subscribers, so that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. No, y'all good people, man. Oh. Bobby, Bobby holding it down for all the hopeful Celtics, so shout out to Bobby Webby. That's right. We need but, that balance. Um, yeah, I'm out there from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so uh, y'all, nice. y'all kind of chill out with the Tremont trash, because I, 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 I used to go to school with Tremont. Oh, yeah? Oh, nice. Yeah. LSU? Yeah, yeah, I go to LSU now. That's awesome. But, Very cool. Yeah, but um, with this season, as uh, T said and the other guy, I'm just going to be patient, because I've been a Celtics fan since since Paul Pierce came from the Jayhawks. So just seeing it. I've been there since Ray Friends to Paul Pierce, Tony Batiste, Kenny Anderson. That's oh, a long yeah. Time. Those, but, are, um, those are the teams that make you a fan, though. That's how you get wrapped whoo, in. Who are you telling? When Paul Pierce got <laughs> stabbed a couple of times. Like that, oh, that, shit. That type of, yeah. Right. But um, with this, this season, you know, I think, um, as I always hear y'all say, I think we just need vets. Like um, Marcus Morris, believe it or not, I don't care what nobody said, but he just kind of kept Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown kind of like humbled, but also you know engaged. Al Horford, I know he was kind of average sometimes, but he was just always got them engaged. Like, hey, we're not. I remember that Atlanta game when I think we were beating Atlanta by like twenty, and they came back. He was just like, hey, it's not over, it's not over. So I just I like that, you know. I missed that part. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And we've talked, I think last week we had a big segment and Cedric Maxwell joined us on the YouTube portion of it. And we said the Celtics need more assholes. And that's not a bad. Right. That, that's no. not a good, that's like the good word, the good way of saying an asshole. Like, like there's a, the leaderships that are, the leaders that are tough, they're in your face. They tell you how it is. They, you know, they lead by example. They're not just, you know, talking out there or talking off the court, but you kind of follow their lead. And Marcus Morris was was definitely one of those types of players that I think a lot of the younger guys looked at and said, you know, that that's, you know, and at, you know, take a piece, take a piece of his game as John pours himself a drink, take a piece of his game, pounding a that, drink, you know, yeah. in, <laughs> incorporate it in ours. And, and you're right, Cornell. I, I think there's, there's definitely not enough of those. And I think, I think a lot of people thought maybe Tristan Thompson could be, you know, coming from the school of LeBron and taking a, a lot of what, you know, he learned from him and may, maybe he has more than we know. But I still think that's definitely a lacking aspect of, of this year's team. And it, and it showed. It definitely showed out there. Yeah. I think um, I like this one. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say Bobby's here from the post game. So welcome him in uh, and a few other people joining the room. Joe Sway will be in in a minute. Anybody who wants to speak, uh, just jump in. Keep yourself muted until we get to you. We got Cornell on right now. Uh, go ahead, Cornell. Just, uh, just one last thing. And I'm not, I do not like making excuses, but uh, I was. I argue with Knicks fan all the time, and I tell them like, "Well, the Knicks are doing better than the Celtics." Like, well, the Celtics only had pretty much like one month of rest, like, and then you got a seventy-seven game season, you know. So I mean, mm-hmm. they had rest and stuff like that, and I get it. I'm not trying to make excuses. I hear you, but but I don't know if I could. I mean, I could probably do it because I used to be in the military. But like seventy-seven games in four months, 
back to back. That's 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 insane. It, it it is hard to ignore the final four thing that people talk about from the bubble when you think that the Lakers went to the play-in, the Nuggets really struggled to stay healthy this year, although they probably did the best of all those teams. Celtics had a tough time coming back into this year, and the Heat, as I can yeah, see throughout the year, had a really it's tough real. time staying together. Yeah, it's it, it's real, all of them. All, all, all it is real. Teams. When we think about how ridiculous we all thought, and I knew it was going to happen, shout out me, I knew they were going to start the season on Christmas because that's the moneymaker, but that turnaround was so quick, and the players were like, the players – they, I think, understood it. They weren't happy about it, but no. they, listen, they want to get the paychecks too. So, like, they were okay with they were okay with that aspect of it. But the quick turnaround from one season to the next—I mean, yeah. you knew that teams were going to get hit with that injury bug and with the unfortunately with the COVID stuff going on. So, it is definitely one of those seasons. The Celtics, you know, they got you know, you know, you got to admit it, they got hit pretty hard. You know, that was funny too because the NBA is like. We're going to start on Christmas. And the players were like, are you freaking kidding me? No way we're doing that. The NBA is like, yeah, we're going to do it. And they're like, okay. And it's like it was, the fight was over in like 10 seconds. But like it, nobody wanted to start that early. They were, they were definitely banged up. Uh, Neil, uh, let's welcome you in. What's up? Neil, are you there? Are you, yeah, I'm here. Hey, how- hey, good. How you doing, guys? Awesome. Um, Bobby, Bobby, you don't think 400 to 1 is good odds to take? No, I think much, you get two shots. Min- you're how much is the minimum bet? It's not four hundred to <laughs> one. Again, it's hey. four. It's one hundred to win four hundred. Oh, okay. Four hundred to one. Yeah, that'd be four to, that's, four to one. No, <laughs> it's one hundred. Bet a hundred to win four hundred ish. You know, that's what that's what. Pl- no, it's it, it, again what John said is true. It's great odds. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, no, no. If Bradley Beal's not a hundred percent and Gordon Hayward's not a hundred percent, we're not going to lose both games. Yeah, no. If Charlotte is Gordon to even going to threaten to play? Oh, I don't no, know. I hear the latest I hear is that Hayward might be. I, I don't think year. he's he's definitely not back for the play-in. Okay, but Neil, what do you what, what, Neil, what do you think? Okay, regarding the team, I I I, I don't want to blame Brad because I love Danny Ainge and Brad and their management and everything. And who am I to second guess? Who would I replace them with? I don't know. But if the players aren't playing up to their potential, we can't blame the player, believe it or not, because then what? You just say they're elite talent, but they're not killers like Kobe. They're not killers. Uh, If Jalen Brown is worried about social injustice and Jason Tatum is really wants to hang out with his son, maybe these aren't the first guys that got paid $100 million and then didn't have the elite desire. I mean, look at LeBron after 20 years. His body's in shape. He is singularly focused. Nobody's even questioning the bubble last year whether LeBron was going to be ready. Sure, but I think that's an unfair knock. I mean, I think LeBron's pretty involved in social justice as well, and I don't think that's a detractor well, I mean, for, for Jalen. that way. I mean, I, what I mean is Kobe Bryant loved his kids, but he was singularly focused. He's the black mamba. He was a killer. It was yeah, no I know. Question. I know what Neil's. No, I, I do too. I, I do too. I, one thing I want to say: it's, 80, it's eighty-two games in a normal season. This this year was condensed. It was ridiculous. And maybe you know. And we also had the corona. So I'm well, hoping, guys. How much of it do you think is their demeanor, though? Like, how much of it is based off of the fact that Jalen and Jason are kind of soft-spoken guys? You know, like that's what I'm saying because they look. Like and, and I'm, the comparison I'm going to give you is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, however, had the benefit of being on really good 
um, yeah. Suns teams early in his life with veteran leadership. So he didn't have to be a rah-rah in your face guy. He was a deadly assassin, silent professional guy who just mm-hmm. did it, went out and played, and he let his game do the talking. But Tatum and Brown are being asked to be something. They're almost not – it's not in their DNA to be like – can you imagine Tatum yelling at people? Well, that's that's why they da- – that's where Danny comes no. in. This is what this offseason – is about bringing in some of those guys that will be that player and let Tatum do his thing. Yeah, but you know? either Play way, he's got to eventually be that guy. What I'm know. saying is even to motivate themselves, though, last year in the bubble, I think I counted almost eight straight games where they lost the third quarter. And I'm saying when they come out and they're losing and they don't win the third quarter, I'm saying the other team wants it more. Or Brad doesn't motivate them. Another coach would. I don't know. I'm just saying when you lose the third quarter so consistently, but you win the game or win the series, this is a team that you were better than. But you didn't somehow come out pumped. To, or or how many times do they start bad in the first quarter? They start jacking up threes. They get dejected. And you realize this is going to carry for the whole half or worse. And then they're down by 20, 20 times. That means something. No? I agree. I agree with yeah. you. I mean, Brad would be <laughs> Sorry, the first one to you. say. Brad would be the first one to say, "Oh, it's you know that that's my job. I, I got to get these guys motivated." I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's true to a certain extent, but also these guys have to be have to motivate themselves, you know." And mm-hmm. I, I think what fuss was what's been most frustrating is not just the slow starts, but just the overall body language, just being down and thinking just because you've done it before that that's that's the way to play, right? You know, oh, we can come back and just you know, uh, do another comeback win. When, when you, the, the margin of error is so slim when that happens, it's just like if, if you were just come with a different approach, you never have to do this time and time again, you know? Yeah, and again, the singularly focused thing I think is slightly unfair there because, again, be, being a good dad, being involved in social justice, doing other things beyond the basketball, I don't think is what keeps them from being that. I think it is a personality thing, you know? Yeah. Like, None of that other stuff. A lot of people, that's, those things are positive traits, and they're actually leadership traits. Um, so that's not, that's not a knock. The knock to me is just simply, you know, we, Sherrod has said it, Joe Sway, all of you guys. It, it's, you, they're young. It's not their personality. You probably need other guys. The thing is, I kind of thought they had it with Kemba, Mr. Positive, rah, rah, I'll do what – look, remember what we were saying about Kemba last year when things were going well? What a breath of fresh air, just what this team needed, antidote off of Kyrie, you know, positive, willing to take a back seat, you know, doesn't need the spotlight. His press conferences were unreal. Every time he had a good game, he thanked his teammates. Anytime he had a bad game, he took the blame on himself. That's leadership. That stuff was big. Then you've got Marcus Smart supposed to get in your face. Why are we discounting those guys among the leaders on this team? Like, they have a couple guys. Uh, it just uh, – we conveniently forget they have those two players – as, 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 as leadership examples just because the season went badly. But last year, we looked to both of those guys as leadership examples. What changed? Uh, what changed? Is that a rhetorical question? Seriously, but... They're ascended, you know? The, the fact that they ascended to this to stardom? I guess, but last year, you had the same team in Hayward, and we were, we were praising... Kemba and Smart's leadership for Smart for being the dog and Kemba for being totally selfless and 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 and, and not and 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 taking accountability and sh- and not 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 eating up the spotlight and those were big. Well, well, yeah. we, ta- Kem- we celebrated Kemba, that. 
Kemba started being in and out every other night, and he wasn't there at all to start the year. Uh, so that was a hit right away. And then I think, again, last year's team to a large degree was Kemba's team from the start. And then later in the year, you saw it shift toward Tatum, and then to start this year toward Brown. So Brown effectively is months into his career being like a frontline leader on this team. And Tatum's only one year in. So it really hasn't been that long. Uh, and they're still adjusting to it and going through ups and downs. There were a lot of ups last year. And I think it's easy to ride that. Now that it started to go down, I think you saw a lot of frustration, doubt, and second guessing when it comes to integrating teammates, showing the kind of energy you need to. Maybe if another starter isn't in there and you get down early. And maybe questioning some other things, blaming other things, refs, uh, stuff like that that we saw throughout the year that became excuses for this group. And again, but that's well, you where... know what? I want to say one one last thing and then get off it, but it's it's a lot it's very easy to lead when everything's going well. Anyone can lead, you know, a group of winners or anyone can lead, you know, in good times. But last year when things started to not go well, I'm not sure if we saw the leadership that maybe we thought that they, thought had, they had when the when when things kind of went south in the bubble there, they had to have the team meeting and all this nonsense. They play like shit. Uh, they play awful against the Raptors. They play awful against the Heat. They lose. And since then, I, I don't know if they've ever sort of recovered from that. So I don't know. Maybe we maybe we over, you know, maybe we thought too much of their leadership skills at, at that time because they were just winning games. You know, sometimes it's it's one doesn't necessarily equal the other. Um, let's bring in some more people. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right. Is it Razin? Yes, you got it. Thank you, John. Um, so I'll just say two quick things. Um, so on Brad Stevens, I think one of the things we hear about all the time is he is soft. And I'll say I'll just say this in the beginning. I, I've, I was never a part of the fire Brad people. I didn't want him to get fired. My question is, like, does Brad get to these players enough? And I, I think this is something that's been said ad hominem over and over again, like, so let's say when they're making bad plays, or let's say if someone like Marcus Smart, he's taking too many threes, does Brad get in his face and say, hey, Marcus, that needs to stop. That's not okay. Or if they're not playing defense, do, does Brad get in players', players faces and say, okay, you guys need to pick it up. This this can't, this can't happen. Um, so that's number one. And number two, I think as much as we criticize Brad, I think Danny Ainge also deserves some criticism. Um, I believe it was Gary Washburn who was on CLNS the other day. He was uh, doing a show. He was saying how, uh, looking looking at other teams around the world, they or other teams in the league, not around the world. Um, like Brooklyn, for example, they added uh, Mike James, um, and he's contributing for them. Miami Heat, they added guys like Trevor Ariza and Dwayne Dedman. They're contributing. They're veterans. They know the game. They've been playing for a while. And then here... In Boston, we're relying on guys like Grant Williams and Semi Ojale and Carson Edwards. Like, I think this roster needs to be like refined. Like, Danny Ainge needs to just move on from guys like Ojale, guys like Carson Edwards, guys like Grant Williams. Like, whatever hope he has that they're whatever they're gonna be, I think they need to just move on. And I'll hang up and listen. Go for it. I was going to say, man, it's all you. Oh Well, I'll say one thing first. Um, go listen to that Gary episode. If you haven't already, I'm going to put it in the chat. Um, that was uh, outstanding um, uh, on Celtics Beat. 
Well, it's really good that one of the things, you know, we were kind of teasing a little bit, you know, like, you know, apologetic media or, you know, an- basketball analytics media. That's all fine and good. And it definitely has a place. And I think there's some smart people for sure. But one great thing about Gary above all else is uh, he absolutely doesn't hold back. If he sees something um, that he thinks deserves to be uh, called out or criticized, he'll do it unabashedly. And among the things that he said on that, on that uh, episode was arrogance. And he, and he, and he, and he pointed it at age arrogance and just the way that they evaluate things, almost like they're the only ones who know what they're doing, you know, and they're and that they're above all else. Uh, and 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 it was all over Romeo and just some of the personnel decisions they've made. Uh, it was pretty uh, pretty pointed criticism, and you just don't hear a lot of it. I think these guys have really been, you know, uh, kind of Teflon over the years. Um, and uh, and Gary was uh, was pretty critical. So a really good episode, um, and you guys should definitely check that out. But go ahead, Jimmy. No, I mean, uh, to be honest, I missed the end. I missed the beginning of what he was saying because when he was talking about Gary, I started looking up uh, from. I started looking up quotes from that episode, so I, I missed kind of what he was mentioning. Yeah, Gary was blasting the talent evaluation, and his main point was that they got to break up the front office and have it be more diverse mindsets than Austin Ainge and Danny Ainge and Zarin and the same guys that have been there forever because. They haven't found young talent to complement the stars that they built here, which, again, I think you can always counteract that by saying they drafted Brown, Tatum, Smart, uh, Roger. The drafting, really, in recent years, especially with what they've built here, has been fine. Rob was a good pick. So, you know, like John said, the problem, you, when you make a million picks in the NBA draft, you're going to miss on a ton of guys. You look at these drafts on Wikipedia years later, and it's countless guys you've never heard of because they never make it. Um, Hitting as often as they have has actually been a little more rare. The problem is is that as a philosophy, after Al, uh, Morris, Roger, all those guys left, they said, we're going to go cheap and we're going to go young, and we're going to build the entirety of our depth on young talent. And they went on to use dozens of picks over six years or you know close to two dozen picks over that period and that just as a philosophy was not good thinking because when guys got hurt when those guys had to step up in key moments they weren't ready like you look at what what, think of the tristan thompson thing i know we just talked about on post game like oh that thompson thing didn't really work out but if you look at it the other way would you have felt good about coming into this year with tice rob and grant at center like that didn't sound good either No, it, 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 it didn't. Um, it, it isn't. It's a really interesting point just in terms of having a diverse, you know, kind of point of view. Um, you know, uh, it, it, similarly, uh, Theo Epstein uh, had some really good comments regarding, you know, um, just the people he surrounded himself with in order to evaluate talent. And this was literally talking about ethnic diversity as well, um, where he was saying, my whole life, I thought I knew exactly what I was looking for in evaluators, and you know, because I, I was surrounding myself with people that kind of shared my philosophy and my thinking in things. And then he's like, if I look around my personnel department, he's like, it's a bunch of guys like me, bunch of white dudes, Ivy League educated, all kind of have the same sort of general uh, philosophy on what we think makes a good ball player. And you don't really know what you're lacking in terms of having uh, diverse opinions until you actually implement some sort of diversity in your in your in your thinking and your scouting staff and whatever it is so you're right if they've got the same guys 
kind of looking at the same things and spitting out the same type of player because they're certain that's what's going to hit and you're not hitting often enough with those guys, that's definitely a problem. And you could see that. So, yeah, some sort of shakeup, another set of eyes, different people. Belichick, you know, you can argue the same thing with the Patriots. It's like for the longest time, he's like, I'm certain I know what a football player is. And then he misses five drafts in a row. And you're like, do you still, Bill? You know, maybe you need to bring in some new people who have their own ideas of what good football players are nowadays. So keeping things fresh, bringing in new perspectives, I think definitely matters. Um, and I, I think they could benefit from, 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 from something there. Here's the tricky thing about Ainge. Almost anything he drastically changes is going to be self-indicting. So you almost don't have that power check there. If it's his guys in the front office and him essentially having all basketball control, um, like if he fires Brad, that's on him. That's his coach. If he dumps young players, that's an admission that he didn't pick the right guys. If um, they shake up the core of this team, that shows that he didn't build the right core. He let some guys go that he need to keep or this or that. I think kind of the stagnancy of the roster that we've seen is why people are like Gary are frustrated with that because coming into this year, you could have easily said, all right, we're dumping Grant. And we're going to go with someone else. I don't think you would have done that because Grant showed some things last year. But maybe you could have moved on from Edwards or someone. Like These are the kind of things they're going to have to do this offseason. With Edwards, with a guy like Grant maybe, like those younger guys that really are stagnating. If you have chances to add veterans in those spots or even other young guys who haven't quite worked out in other places, that's the kind of moving and shaking that I think Gary wanted to see when he mentions a guy like Mike James. Uh, who went into Brooklyn and you know that stuff's overstated like Mike James wasn't going to change how the Celtics had their season finish out this year but it it matters to some degree yeah let's uh, let's bring in Shane he's been waiting patiently Shane what's up maybe no stage fright all right we'll try someone else let's bring in Jamal Murray the Jamal Murray Hey guys, how you doing? How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, thanks. Big fan of the show uh, from the UK. I've been on before, but I don't think you guys are in. Oh, welcome. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask. Um, so, just sorry for next season. What are you guys' predictions for um, our regular season standings? Like, what do you think we're finished? Like. Nothing drastic happens in trade. Either we keep, you know, we keep Fournier. Um, you know, we still got Smart, whatever. What, what would you say about this team if we were to run it back, basically, with what we have now? Uh, go ahead, guys. I'm gonna say <laughs> you're gonna see a little bit of what you saw this year. I mean, maybe a little slightly above 500. Uh, I mean, it's so hard to say, man. Like, so many things can happen between now and the end of the next season. But I mean. When, when we go into this offseason, I don't think we're expecting, or at least most of us aren't expecting, like a big splash. But I think whether it's a significant signing or some sort of deal, I, I just – something's going to happen. But I don't know how you consolidate that bench to to bring in a, a, another piece. And, and I think Fournier is, a, is pretty much at the top of the list of, of a guy you have to bring back. I don't know about the max deal that Bobby wants to offer, but – um, he's really important. Never said Max Dion. John put that in my mouth. It's probably going to be. It's probably going to be. It's probably going to be seventeen to twenty million. Ideally, I don't know where you get these figures. We don't know what it's going to be. 
There's, it's not a lot of good free agents out there. We well, make seventeen right now. I know that, but most people make more money, you know, yeah. in their next. Yeah, that's why I went up to twenty. Yeah, but that's not a lot more, you know. Like, if if, if I'm asking, I'll ask you this outright, Bobby. If the if the matching offer is four and one ten, do you go there? No, no one's going to offer him. That. Uh, well, no one... First of all, we didn't think Hayward would get four and one twenty, and we didn't think uh, Horford would get what he got. So here, I'm just here's the I'm, difference. What I'm saying is, you're saying get him at all costs. I'm giving you a cost. Is that too much? I'm not saying he will, but if that's the price, four and one. Oh yeah, it's it's, t- it's too much. But okay, so what? So you're saying give him anything he wants within reason? I think that's the Celtics' plan. I know that it's not going to be 110 because if a team was out there that was so excited to get him that they'd offer 110, they would have offered more than two second round picks at the trade deadline to get him. So that's kind of where you gauge that value. Um, I think some teams could probably get a little aggressive, but again, who are the guys that are really going to cash in this summer? It's DeRozan. It's uh, it's a couple guys well ahead of um of uh of Fournier. I think Fournier is probably in like the ten fifteen range of the top free agents this off season, but I think a lot of the money is gonna be gone by the time he signs. Plus and again this is something I know less than that other point I made, but it does kind of feel like he likes being here. You know, like this is a franchise that he like jumping onto. I don't know why you, go why you think that either, but that's fine. I, I just because he has he hasn't really been on a team capable of making long playoff runs. I know they're not going to do that this year, but you would project that next year there'd probably be a better chance of doing that here. Again, you might be right, but if other teams do get aggressive and go up to like 22, 23, I think you should do that. I think you should match that. going to pull up the free agent situation a little bit. It's not great. It's not great. Um, Anyway, uh, we're going to bring in some guy named Nick Gelso. Nick. Gelso's grievances. Gelso, what Gelso? Right? Am I saying it right? It, yeah. Are you? Are you? No. Are you going to start <laughs> my show? Gelso's grievances this uh, summer. At some point, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a tease. No, I just wanted to say after you're bitching and being a negative, I gotta say, no changes big this off season. Keep Brad. <clears throat> keep you know if you have you have to make some tweaks, obviously, but. Not firing Danny. I kind of like Gary's blowing up the the you know dynamic of the front office a little bit, but for the most part, it's like anything else. Can't make major decisions in COVID, and uh, it was the craziest two years ever. Um, and yeah, I'll, and, that, and then I'll just uh, leave this that uh, everybody here on this this thread. Uh, this feed, this room. Thank you guys who stuck. If there was no COVID, this show would still be a call-in show, audio only with no chat room, and we'd kind of probably not pay much attention to it. Um, so those that are saying they've been with us since we launched this YouTube channel, what, John, February or March, like COVID, when they crashed our other one? Ish, um, yeah. And here to see it at 12,000. Um, the other one was at Jimmy could tell you, you know, 50,000 or something. And to have you guys bring it all back is a a testament to to all of you and especially these personalities here that gave up. 
I've done this, guys, every game during the lockout season. It fucking sucks some nights. You just don't want to do it. And these guys have been here night after night after night and gotten better and better and better and been more entertaining than the games. And the chat room has played a big part of that, too. So just stick with us in the off season. Next year, everything gets back to normal. John has some crazy things that are uh, planned for the off season. And for crying out loud, follow me on Twitter. So I have continued to have more followers than Jimmy Toscano and uh, Bobby. Thank you for being the punching bag all season. You, my friend, are a good sport. I appreciate your courage for having opinions that sometimes make no sense, but are, are very good. Uh, thank- Thanks, Nick. Backhanded compliment if ever there was one, Bobby. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one who makes no sense right now. <laughs> I do make sense, Bobby. That, uh, yeah, I like the balls on you, but I'm going to tell you right now. No, he's I probably sense. Huh? He's probably coming at me. That's fine. Oh, he's uh, definitely coming at you. Okay. The uh, what? I, what I will disagree with Nick there, and thank you for the kind words. Is uh, no. we, we were good for. I think we were good from the start, but that's okay. Um, I'm just kidding. Other than that, it was. It has been fun, um, and it is crazy because we were talking about. How many games were in the bubble, would you say? Uh, I, I can't remember the total. How many did they play when, they, re, when they restarted? Eight, eight and then... Eight it, was eight, it was eight in the bubble and two preseason games, which we did those. So that's 10. Then we oh, did 25, a, 27 or so. Then we did a four-game sweep, a seven, and a six. Okay? So that's another 17 games. So 25 total in the bubble. We did preseason this year, and then another 72. We're up over 100 games in a really short span of time. Uh, you know, I think I've probably done like 97 of them. I think a lot of you guys, Bobby's pretty close to that number. Uh, we haven't been a lot of nights off. We did all the West Coast games. I'm not saying it to pat ourselves on the back. It was an, it, it, we're exhausted too. <laughs> you know, like it was a lot of, there's a lot of games, but it was a ton of fun. So I've enjoyed myself throughout all of this. I think this was a really good, I mean, as shitty as the season was, it was a good season to have an opportunity to talk because there was so much to talk about on a nightly basis. It was definitely a frustrated fan base, so I'm glad you guys got to vent a little bit, whether it's in the YouTube chat or here on this locker room thing, which we just started doing it. The Thunder game. (laughs) Yeah, right. So much stuff. But, yeah, no, it's been good. Um, I think we kind of needed each other throughout all of this, so I appreciate everybody hanging out, the numbers that we've had, the dedication, the same names I'm seeing over and over again. I hope we're able to. Um, I hope we're able to at least get a series out of it. Because while I'm exhausted by the season and I don't have a lot of hope, um, it's going to be weird not talking basketball on a regular basis. So um, you know, I'm hoping we're able to keep it going a little bit longer. Um, guys, we're going to try to get in one or two more people, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, it is Sunday, and let's everybody enjoy our families. And uh, we got a play-in game coming on Tuesday, so we'll be back for that. Uh, we may jump in. We may jump in tomorrow for just a straight-up Wizard Celtics preview. I'll keep you guys posted on that. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Chris, can you mute, buddy? Just for a second, we'll get to you in a second. Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, follow us on YouTube. Yes. Go to our see our you can see our uh, YouTube channels. Make sure you give us all a follow. Follow us here on this app as well. You'll be notified every time we go live. Um, that way you'll know if we do do a one-off tomorrow, maybe we'll do both. Uh, it's possible. Um, so um, let's bring in Chris. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, uh, big fan of you guys. Uh, you guys are better than ESPN. I'm not joking. 
really keep up the great oh, work. Man. Oh wow, thanks, buddy. No, I'm serious. Um, I just want to. What do you guys think about trading Smart for Lugens Dork yes. or Moses Brown? What? Dork or Brown? What do you? And Brown. Dort or and Moses Brown. He's a rebounding monster. Even yeah, Robert Williams might go to. Mo Thanks. Brown's a good success story. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Chris. Um, Bobby, you tell me. You've you've come around on trading smart. What do you think? Uh, he doesn't get you Dort. He might get you Brown, but probably not. Wow, that's rough. Bra- Let's bring in Brady. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rip through everybody we have left here, and then we're gonna wrap it. What's up, Brady? Hey guys, how's it going? Um, Brady, are you going to do the sad thing again? Because you make me sad a lot. <laughs> no. When, when no, you start no. really, really, really sad and depressed. <sighs> Give him a shot. Pep it up. One of those. Pep, Pep it up. Now you bummed him up. Pep it up, Brady. No, I, I just – no, I was uh, talking about the game <laughs> today a little bit, which I don't know why. I don't know why I would – Go for it. I, thought, I was happy to see the bench compete. This is actually a fun game to watch. Yeah, they like they competed. Like that that was one thing I was at least happy about. Like they competed. Um that was something I hadn't seen all season really and I finally it took Tremont Waters and Grant Williams thirty minutes to watch this team compete, so I guess that's what it took. Not necessarily. I mean Yeah, that's been the story all season long. But at this point the circumstances I mean you're I wasn't surprised to see that, but the New York Knicks just obviously they've been dying for this moment for how many years now? Like you just sort of knew how this thing was going to end. Bobby had some when you sent me that text box, sent Bobby text the group that Celtics are definitely gonna win. I was like, you know what, they might they might do it, but I was like, at the end though, who's gonna be hitting the big shots? Who's gonna the big plays down the stretch? But then, you know, the defense the New York's defense um buckled down and yeah. Yep. Uh, let's rip through a few more. All right. Uh, how's it going, guys? So basically, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, so like, in my opinion, uh, I think we should fire Brad Stevens. Uh, I think next year, I want like a fresh start. New coach. Who's the coach? Uh, Who's the coach, back. man? Uh, uh, Dave Yeager. I would honestly give him the job over uh, uh, Brad right now, just based on what he's been doing in Philly, or even Cassell on that staff. I think those would be two good fits. Um but also, I think the roster needs reconstruction. Uh, I honestly thought uh, Smart and Thompson should have been gone at the deadline. Um, I think you should have just gotten some value f- for a Smart because uh, I think while uh, I think his contract's up at the end of next year, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm correct, and I mean, I think you know a team's not going to want him next year at the deadline for uh, a half of like a rental. You're going to get no value for him. I thought you should have moved him this year. And I really thought that, honestly, Thompson was the move. He was the big that you needed to get out. I honestly would have held on to Tice and then started Rob and uh, then put Tice off the bench. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't really know what Thompson does. Like, he was advertised as this bruiser that was going to, like, you know, lock up the other team's bigs. And I'm just like, did, he does not do that at all. He, he, he's like, as good as Tice at freaking guarding some of these bigs. I'm just like, all right. No, like- Tice is better. Art, I'll tell you, I'll say this one thing. Um, and and uh, if, if you know Thompson is bad, you know what? Everyone else knows he's bad. Yeah, so secret. it's not a secret. That's the problem is, you know, and, and no disrespect intended, Art, because, I, you know, you're, you're, you sound like an astute 
uh, observer of basketball, but I do think that that's a tendency people have is when guys aren't doing great for you, everyone's like, trade them. It's like, based off of what? What body of work? You know, like, <laughs> you trade, you, you got to sell high on people. You can't sell low. Tristan Thompson, you know, at the trade deadline, his value was pretty low. Um, and, you know, in my pie in the sky, and we've talked about this, and Bobby has his thoughts too, but, um, you know, if you can find a way to do smart and Tristan as expirings, plus a boatload of picks and maybe Neesmith or whatever uh, assets people, if people even consider them assets to roll them up into one better player, fine, do it. You know, I, I, I would be all for that. If you can't, um, then you're stuck with them. Yeah. If you want to you're going into your Lonzo ball thing, John, that's always been my thing. If if, if they don't want to pay Lonzo and you can give them a couple of picks uh, you know, the problem is they're not going to take on salary. I mean, because smart, I mean, well, the yeah, thing smarts are expiring. They, they that's fine. Sal- but, that's, but, yeah. but ball, yeah, ball makes not right. The thing about that and why I do think it's still there to some degree is you could kind of swap salary. Like they don't want blood. So they probably, although they extended Steven Adams. That one still makes no sense to me, but whatever. Uh, you can't take back too much because you still have to stay under that hard cap but you could take back a little from them to make it worth their while. The only thing here is if they hard cap themselves, it becomes very hard to build out a roster. And then all of a sudden you're looking at it being young guys building out the bottom end of the roster again. And you're almost having no in season flexibility to make deals and stuff. I almost think there's no chance that they're going to hard cap themselves with a sign and trade this off season. Okay. Well, that's, so we have that. Let's bring in Ben. Hey guys, first thing I wanted to say, I uh, appreciate you guys doing the show all season. It's been awesome. I'm glad I found the show. So uh appreciate Thanks, you guys. Um, and then real quick, I just want to say, like in my opinion, I don't really think the roster needs to be totally shaken up. I think we should sort of, you know, take out maybe the lower end bench guys and sort of just, I don't know. I think, I think for me, my opinion is that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum uh, have never actually been. I think maybe one of you guys or maybe all you guys touched on this earlier, but I actually think this is kind of just like a learning curve year for them leadership-wise because we've never seen them have to lead the team as the obvious one and two guys. Like the, They're like the only guys in their tier, and they're clearly the leaders of the team, and we've never had to see them do it throughout a whole regular season. And I think, and, you know, it's easy to blame them for this because it, it is on them, but they've had the success already with teams that they didn't have to, you know, take take the wheel by themselves and it's they've it seems like they've kind of coasted you know because you have to like have that vet mentality in the regular season because it's a long ass season so uh that's my opinion about sort of why we've struggled the most uh to be honest i think they just have to come back better leaders and i and they haven't ever had like the lows that guys like darren fox and morant and trey young have on these teams where like they're getting better now because they started with shitty teams that they've kind of had to like stay the leaders as stay, stay the leaders for the entire time. That's, yeah. that's my opinion. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I touched on that earlier and I know other people as well, but I do think that's, um, you know, that's a big thing is there. I'm hoping they go home in the off season and think I got to be different. You know, we talked about this on our post game show a lot uh, too. It's like they did the scoring thing and they elevated their stats and they made all-star teams and Tatum's made all NBA and that's all fine and good. But when you look at this team and you think, what could I have done to make us better? I wonder if Tatum and Brown are going to look at it and say, 
well, was doing what I did, what the team needed, or did the team need me to do other things? Ratchet up my defense, uh, you know, distribute a little bit more, work them into the game. You know, we told the Jimmy Butler anecdote a couple games ago where, like, that was a big thing Dwayne Wade was impressed about. He was talking about it when the Celtics played the Heat, how Butler's just urging people, take the shot, go, man, you got to go, empowering people. And, like, maybe Tatum and Brown can kind of look at this, especially when you, like, looked at that Heat team and you're like, wow, that's a better team than we are. We might have better players, but that's a better team. How do we become a better team and what can we do to help that? So we're talking a lot about the offseason. This is the tricky thing about the next two games. We've seen it the last two years. They kind of miss Hero by a pick and then they miss Halliburton by the two picks there. And you've been saying this a lot, John. One Makes a big difference. pick in the draft makes a huge difference here for the trajectory especially because you can still say that you're going to continue to grow around another piece or you've got a real asset if you want to make an aggressive mood if you're sitting there with Halliburton right now and you're having a Bradley Beal conversation you can have that conversation much more openly than you can when you're talking about Neesmith or or Romeo so that would be that would be the real silver lining to bowing out here and like we've talked about they're not going anywhere, even if they get through this playing tournament. So they're not going to tank it. They're not going to do that. But if it doesn't go their way, they end up at 13th overall pick or 14th overall pick, which is in the lottery. So that's a real silver lining to this week if it doesn't go their way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's bring in – oh, we we had one more. We lost him. We're going to wrap it up in a little – oh, freaking all right, Cass. You, Cass is going to close it. Nick was egging him on, trying to get him into here. It's as good a way as any way to close our regular season. One of our all-star listeners um, and, uh, and followers uh, and fans. Cass, what's up, man? What's happening, everybody? Um, truth be told, I wasn't even going to jump on today. I know there was an update to the app, so I guess my notification didn't pop off to see when y'all were coming back on. I knew what was going to happen today. I knew what was going to happen yesterday. So I was going to wait till probably the playoffs and to see what, what I guess how I felt. Um, just hearing, I, I have to say this. I, I do love this platform where fans are able to talk directly to you instead of just being frustrated, yelling at the TV. Um, one of the things I know people probably been like, Kess, why are you so hard on Brad? Why are you so hard on management? And, and why I don't really talk much about the players? Um, even though, we know that we don't have any control over it, even though we know it's not something that, that supposedly they're not, they won't get rid of Brad because the money they paid him and Blase skip. The reason I feel so strongly about Brad, especially, but the proxy is basically um, Danny is because, as I said before, leadership starts at the top. Right now we're living in a world where we don't like to go at our leaders. Like we don't, we want to put responsibility on the working man. Now, granted, these are million dollar players right? Getting paid the whole nine yards, but we don't do seem to not want to put it on management at the top. These cats are actually say they want to win, right? They want to win. This is about winning, right? But I don't believe that's the case. I don't believe that these teams are doing what they need to do. I was in one of the, one of the locker rooms probably a couple of days back. And one thing I, I just seeing Bill Russell um, at the hall of fame, and I'm like, so are you telling me Bill Russell's going to leave this world and the Lakers could potentially have more championships than us? We've been living so long off of that man's back, 11 championships that he put down 
when things were real, right? When he went through all kinds of hell before he actually got respect in Boston, right? And you're telling me we're not doing everything we can to, to make this, this team a champion? Let's look at this. You got Magic Johnson, Magic, who got a, a, a knife put smooth in between his ribs and his back, ran up out of, out of L.A., and that man, the dude who did it, Kobe's boy, God bless the dead, he got himself a championship. He made that happen. But yet we are seem to be an area where we are thankful that Brad is bestowing his, his Doogie Hauser wonder kid intellect to help our team win. I don't see it that way. I think we the big dogs. I think that's how we should see ourselves. I think we deserve the best. Hey, I said it before. It's not my job to pick who the next coach should be. What I will say is this. If Danny Ainge hasn't done that, if he doesn't have 10 dudes lined up already, I'm talking about this is an age where you could sneeze on somebody or get some heavy H's like a hi, how you doing, and give somebody COVID, they could fall dead. You're telling me that man don't got a replacement for that dude? He's the only person on earth that can coach this team? No, sir, that is not the truth. I'm like, like, what's up? Does he have the cure for cancer or something? Is he a civic leader? What, like, what's going on? We the Boston Celtics. We are the best. We should want to be the best. We should want to win championships. It's not satisfactory to me. It's just not. Now, I know people are going to be like, Kess, you, you, hey, you unreasonable. Dude, I want to win. Don't y'all want to win? I'll say this again. I said something about San Cassell. Hey, if Danny can't make that move, then it's time for Danny to go. Let me follow this one up. Let me say, let me say two things. You got the, the, the coach out there in Portland. Word on the street is he's going to have to go. Playoffs or not. He's made it to the Western Conference Finals, right? He's made it to the Western Conference Finals. He ain't win. And they're saying, no, that's not good enough. That's Portland. They ain't got nothing going out in Portland. They say that's not good enough. I'll throw another one out there. We talk about Danny, Danny, Danny. There could be somebody else to do Danny's job. You have Joe Dumars. I bring him up because of this. He had a team he put together, no superstars. Man, surprise me, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, that Ben Wallace is now going to be a Hall of Famer. Was anybody pegging that? But he got himself an assortment of players, one being Chauncey Billups, who ran through the Celtics, another talent that we let go too early, right? Made that happen. And yet that man paid a hell of a price for not um, getting Carmelo Anthony. That man won a championship with cats that he put together. He's out of there because not picking up Carmelo and, and his team um, basically going on, on, on a losing end, right? But you're telling me we can't do these changes? So if you give me the airspace to speak, I'm going to say what I want to say. And what I want to say is it starts at the top. I think Brad's a big enough man to handle this conversation. I want the media to put the pressure on that man for real. I don't want to hear about not being able to play these young players, this, that, and the third. Man, we've had talent on that team before. We, I, I seen the pictures at the beginning of the year. I saw Horford. I saw Kyrie. I saw, I saw these guys, right? Wherever Doc goes, Doc's pulling down talent. How the hell is this possible? This dude goes from Boston. He goes to L.A. He's out in Philly. He's able to get talent. Come on, man. Come on. You've heard me say it before. I was going to save this for the playoffs, but y'all done brought it out of me. I'm sorry. Matter of fact, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> well, Kess, 
I'm not. Tess, I'll, I'll tell you two things. One, I'll give you all. We'll give you all the air and space you need um, to say what's on your mind. So, <laughs> that come so, on always gets me. So don't that come on. on. <laughs> as long as you. As long as you it's the frustration. Like, as long what? as you end it with one of those, your come on is my what are we doing here? So, like, what, I get it. What are we doing here? What are, come come on, doing here? What are we doing here? sweet Jesus in there? Like, what are we talking about right what are, now? What are we, come on. No, I love it. <laughs> and then, and then like, when John, like, uh, when John adds the, when John puts the I mean on it too. I mean, come I on. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on, brother. I'll say this. I mean, come on. And, and, and another thing too, when people say let's wait till next year, I don't want to wait till next year. I said this in one of those locker rooms. I said, John, imagine if you came to me, you come to work, and I see you. You got a black eye, your lips all split. I'm like, baby, what's going on? Hey, you know, my wife's tripping. She had a bad day. I caught a bad one today, but I'm gonna go home and try to make it happen. I'm like, nah, brother. I got a basement. You can sleep on my couch. We're gonna stop the madness today. I'm not gonna let you get brutalized. That's how I feel about this team. I ain't having it. I don't want to see next year. I ain't trying to see 15 games into next year. I know what I need to see. Now, somebody tell me why I'm wrong. I ain't talking about kind of wrong. I ain't talking about, hey, Cassie, you look at it from this perspective. Cassie, man, stop. Stop. The dude in Portland is about to get ran out. No, He's you're in not, the West. You're not wrong, Cass. The, the thing is, um, you're not wrong. Most of my thing on Brad, uh, you know, we've debated this a bit, and, you know, Bobby and I have gone at it. It's, it's not... I, it's not the certainty that Brad needs to be fired. It is mine is always the pushback against people who are like, are you crazy, Brad? Why can't we talk about Brad? I am totally with that side of the conversation. Of course he bears responsibility. I don't want to hear who you're going to get next. If, 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 if he's not doing his job or you think he's lost the room or failure to communicate or he's not doing the type, he can't get the players to do what he wants them to do or utilize them effectively. Absolutely, you talk about the, You have the conversation. The pushback on, are you nuts? Brad's a top five coach. They'd be crazy to get. I hate that talk. I hate it. Is he's there out, no one else? Is there no one else on the, earth? Well, you don't know that. All I know is I've made this analogy a million times. When when you when you're getting divorced, you're not worried about who your next wife is going to be. You just know Damn it's not, you, you just know it's not working out, and that you'd be better off without them. If Damn they, right. If, if they determine that that they're better off without him, you move on, and then you hope that the next one is better. Uh huh. That's or it. you or you make an educate. Yo, that's another thing too. Wait, wait. I'm not saying the man puts a, a bunch of names in a hat and st- puts his hand in. He's got a scouting department. That's his, wait, that's his job. He should have alternatives today. He doesn't have to tell me. He ain't got to let the media know. But Danny should have those alternatives already. I just said it. We're living in a world where people could drop dead off of a hard sneeze. What the hell are we talking about? So that's a great. Do we not want to win? That's a great so point. So I'll say this the Hawks did that last year, and the Celtics are going to have to do it this year. If they go in the next season and this stuff continues, the stuff that's beyond the injuries and all the excuses, the effort, the intensity, the commitment, you need someone in place to take over for Brad at that point. Because at that point, you're really going to be screwed if next season gets off to a bad start and that stuff continues. So you have to bring in an assistant of some sort this offseason to be in position to take over if it doesn't work out. And if it That's not going to go well if you're Brad, Bobby. You can't do that. You're you gonna have bring, to do it. You're going to bring in Brad's successor to be staring over his shoulder the whole time if things go wrong. That's exactly. Pretty, that, that's going to be pretty, 
that's gonna be pretty freaking grizzly. Well, 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 well uh, this is the thing. This is the thing, Bobby. Right, and you're almost there. All I want you to do is grab my hand and let's jump all the way. It's all right. Blame me. I'm saying let's go all the way. Not half pregnant. Don't play with the band aid. Snatch that son of a bitch off and let's go. I say this again, Magic Johnson. Goodbye. My man had the media tour. Yo, they doing me dirty. Blase skip. They backstabbing. Yo, they want a championship. No, and and it doesn't even have to be all. Here's your replacement, Brad. Bring in a really good coach who can help Brad right now. Maybe you can make Brad the whole situation the team, wait, 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 so that's my thing, too. So, wait, wait. And when we look at his bench, is he going by Home Depot like some day laborers and say, yo, can you, y'all want to coach today? Is he going by the bus stop or something? Jump, jump in the back of the truck. Come yeah. on, man. Yo, that's his, yo, that's his job. That's his job. He's not doing his job. Why do I, why, why when I have these conversations, I sound like I'm crazy. Why am I throat hurt? Why, 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 why? I'm looking at, I'm looking at Bill Russell's eyes all glassy. I, again, my man, yo, he was like one of the first dude to, to take the, the, um, the vaccine, but I'm still worried for my man. So you're telling me he going to pass away and the Lakers going to have 18 championships? Man, what the hell is going on over here? That yeah, is Bill crazy. Bill was first in mind. <laughs> come on, baby. So come on, Bobby. It's all right. Just, just blame me. Just say, this is the Kess side. This is what Kess say. Kess say, this is what he wanted to happen. That's what I want to happen. That's right. And prove me wrong. Brad comes in there big and bad. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Boom, boom. I ain't. Like, like, this is the crazy part. Okay, so we win the championship. Everybody's talking about KG, KG. Remember, it wasn't just KG. It wasn't just KG. Eddie House. Could you imagine Eddie House on this team? I can't. I can't imagine Eddie House on this team. Sam Cassell. Can you imagine somebody putting Sam Cassell? Because these are people who have fiery personalities who want to push back want to say you know what brad i don't like this play. well it didn't like, work they they hey. no i'm saying i, I saying know is, these guys did not respond well to pushback whether it was Kyrie calling them out and you can pick which side of that argument you're on marcus morris telling jalen friggin get your head out of your ass you know like um they right didn't, they didn't like guys in their face telling them what they want to do and if they, if you can't deal with that when you're young, you're definitely not going to be able to deal with it when you're like a, a, a two time all star, all NBA sort of guy. So I am a little worried that like this whole idea of bringing in a guy who's going to be more of a drill sergeant or get in your face or that veteran presence. I don't know that that works, and that's concerning to me. Well, like, let me just ask this one question. I'll just, so this is my counter to that. Just to simply the counter to that. Okay, if all you've been if if for the last because we talk about uh, Marcus Smart is the longest tenured Celtic. Oh, you know, it's been longer than him. It's Brad Stevens. If you've been raised a certain way, you've been in a certain house, you've been dealing with somebody from a certain perspective, you've been you've been getting that type of that type of nurturing that some people say, or that type of treatment. Right. I expect you to act a certain way. What I'm what I've been saying is that you start off in elementary school, then middle school, then high school, then college, and then the real world hits you. Okay, it's time for these two young, talented men to be challenged. I believe that. And I believe if if they believe, because what I believe is that they they believe that Danny Ainge has Brad's back. Okay, that next dude, I want him to have that dude's back too. I, I want that. Like, I don't want him in there, some lame duck dude. He's just, hey, he's just some wild dude who's up here yelling at people. No, no, this is the coach. Y- y'all, y'all couldn't perform this way. Well, guess what? This is the new way. That was that way. This is now a new way. And, and, and do that. I'll say yeah. this again. Magic got his tail ran out. And they won a championship. So I'll play devil's advocate. The, the, Let's do it. Here's my thing with Brad. This is, you know, the, 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 the 
the plus side of what Brad does is also the thing that's going to drive you crazy, um, right. which is he, he empowers people to learn and to make mistakes and to be, let's say it with me, everybody, the best version of themselves. For that's what he does. Okay? Oh oh but, but I'm saying that's what he does. And that works like that worked for them yes then it, it it may not be working now and so that's the problem is brad can't be the same guy all the time you have to evolve, he has as, to evolve as, too. Yeah. as your as your players evolve and as things change around them so you can't coach jalen and jason the same way you coach them in year one or you can't coach this team the same way you coached it two to three years ago i'm not saying he necessarily does but the positive side of him, he's that father who's going to let the kid fall off the swing and on his face so he learns the next time he gets back on it. That's what you got to do. Like, that's what he does. Go out there and fight that guy, son. You know, you got to figure it out on your own. He what? lets you go out there, make mistakes, get your ass kicked, and, 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 and learn on the fly. That way you'll have confidence to do it when we really need you down the road. That's what works for him, and the players like him for that. But now I believe that the players like Tatum and Brown want Brad to walk into a room and say – Brad, if they could say, if they could say whatever they wanted say to say, it, to him, say it, Don. I, Go ahead. You know, I believe they would say, Brad, you got to tell Marcus what he's supposed to be doing out there. You got to tell him what he's supposed to be doing because it's it's screwing me up. Because I, I now I'm trying to do everything to make up. Like, what's my role? Like, I'm supposed to do this, right? So go tell them what to do. Go tell this guy what to do. So we all can do our jobs. The problem is they don't actually have jobs. They have a system and that they get kind of go out there and do whatever they want to do. And I, if I'm Tatum and Brown, I'm looking around, I'm saying like, man, these guys are kind of freestyling and doing their own thing. Brad, can you take control of it? That's where I think they get frustrated. I said this before, and I'll just, I'll finish off with this. With the last time I jumped on in the locker room, the little groups, the groups that they had. I remember Jalen saying, yeah, Brad is like our dad. Um, Tatum said that. I said, your dad? I want your pops coaching you. I want a coach. I want somebody who's ready to ruffle feathers to make people uncomfortable. How, how does Phil Jackson, this, this, this calm, influence, sage-burning son of a gun, go in there and tell Jordan, you know what you're going to do? You're going to do the triangle. That's what's going to happen. You know Scottie Pippen, the dude who's being slapped up by Charles Oakley, the dude who people deem soft? You know what he's going to do? He's gonna race. He's gonna be have the ball in his hands. How come he was able to do it? You 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 put you put your finger on it, man. The truth is, gentlemen, Brad has not changed. Not really. Look at his bench, Evan Turner. Yo, all peace to the man, but he's not the dude I'm looking for, man. That's not the guy. I need some aggression. I need some grit. Hey, everybody. Yo, let me tell y'all. Y'all need to get a, a salad or two. We all need some roughage. We need some roughage, man. That's what we need. We need that. Some leafy greens. We need that. Yeah, I mix need some it. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, I got it all day. I'm not playing. I have it all day. I was saving this for the last. When we gonna, when we're gonna lose in the playoffs? Uh, well, so Kess, do me a favor. Bring it. Bring it for. Look, we got at least one play-in, if not two. I expect you in the room Jesus both times. Right. All right. So at this point, let's take it game by game. We are going to absolutely dismantle this team brick by brick after the season is over, at least okay. anal- at least analytically. We're going to go. We're going to do a full frigging autopsy and try to figure out what it is exactly. And I am interested. You know what's going to happen, too. And Cedric Cedric by- colonoscopy. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. What From the rooted the- to the tutor, gentlemen. Yeah. Kess, thanks, buddy. Uh, what is going right, to happen? Man. Uh, what is going to happen? Uh, first off, hats off to Kessie's obviously an all-star listener, caller, and uh, 
probably better equipped to do this show than we are. So I actually am like nervous putting him on because I'm like, people are just going to want to listen to Kess and not us, uh, which is probably the case. And I'm okay with that. We can deal with it. But um, I'm waiting for that piece in the off season, the Jackie Mack piece, the whomever Sorry. in that full blown autopsy of like, here's what happened and here's what's going on. And you start to hear things and we start you know to identify it. And I'm, you know, you I'm really curious to see what comes out. You know what I found most interesting about what he said is the money thing. Like, are they going to commit the money to this? Because they did it. They did it in that Hayward year and paying Kemba and paying Al Kyrie, all those guys at the same time, paying tax there in those years. Now that they've gone away from the tax, this offseason, are they going to say, we still need to avoid it? If that's the case, Kess is 100% right. You're all of a sudden looking at Wick and saying, all right, Wick, what are you doing here? Like, there's no way this team can compete going forward without paying the tax. And it's not ideal. I know you don't want to pay for a team that's not necessarily an automatic champion if uh, you don't have to. But at this point, with where they've come to with the roster, Tatum being a max guy, Brown being a max guy, you need Kemba here, even though it's not ideal. I, you have to just pay the tax. Just eat it. Don't, put the best team out there that. possible. Yeah, if you, you are... Know, he loves- Team, Bobby. He thinks his team is very talented. Yeah. It's got lots of potential. So they're gonna, Let's they're hope gonna pay so, but if, and keep smart. Yeah. If you're worried about it, if you're worried about the tax, sell the team. You know, like uh, right. sorry, uh, but this this isn't this isn't for the faint of heart. Okay, thirty million dollars. You're supposed to. It's supposed to be a drop in the bucket for you. You're here to. You're here to win. You're here. It's a. This is not. So you're not KG. owning a. You're owning a franchise. No, you're you're owning a. You own a franchise as a vanity, not as a money making uh, thing. Okay, you're you're a billionaire playboy, and you want to have a sport, sports franchise because that's what all your billionaire buddies do. That's the only reason to own one, and then you put everything you have into winning because then you can boast about that, and you can sit on national TV, and people can see you in the front row or in your box, and get all of this attention. That's what you do. Okay, you don't pinch pennies as a, as a professional sports owner. It just doesn't work. So um, if, if we have tax issues here and we start talking about pinching pennies, we've got a problem, uh, a real, real, real problem. Okay, so uh, let's wrap it up, guys. We've been going for a while. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining, not just tonight, obviously, or today, all season long. Really awesome. Hats off to Bobby Manning. Uh, been here pretty much every single game, including West Coast games for me, Josue Pavone, both of these guys. Uh, massive efforts throughout the year, uh, going down to the garden, covering the games for us there as well. Uh, founder Nick Gelso, of course, who's uh, you know the, the you know the man behind the curtain, Jimmy Toscano, uh, Sherrod Blakely, kind of a later addition when we started doing this locker room. Freaking awesome! We're lucky to have him on board. Uh, we do have uh, more things coming. Um, and uh, we believe, we believe, I, I, this isn't a tease, this is a reveal. We believe Kendrick Perkins joining us on Locker Room for Tuesday's play-in game. Um, so uh, make, sure you, make sure you guys hang for that as well. Uh, we had a friggin' packed room last time uh, Perk was here, so we want to kind of keep that going with you guys. Tell your friends. Uh, hopefully we get more than just one or two games out of this thing. We can keep this going. Uh, we may or may not be back tomorrow. We'll let you guys know. But um, until then, uh, thanks again. We love you guys, and we will see you uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. Larry. 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 Mary. Mary.
Mary, 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 Mary. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.